Hey, Donna Price here. Welcome to Visionary Women Printers Radio, where we talk with incredible women making a difference in the world. I'm your host, Donna Price, with Compass Rose Consulting, and I am thrilled that you have joined me today. Visionary women printers are visioning with purpose, strategizing to have an impact in their communities and in the world, taking consistent action to make it happen, focused on accelerating their profitability and succeeding as women printers. And we have an incredible visionary woman printer with us today. I am thrilled to have my Mayashia Boykin Anderson with me today. And she, we're gonna be talking about African-American women in tech. She truly represents the American dream as a native Houstonian and a proud graduate of Jack Yates Senior High School. Maya saw some of life's most difficult times, but she didn't let that stop her from striving for a better future. In November, 1998, with no savings and no college degree, Maya got her first taste of entrepreneurship by starting her first company. She was able to grow it to a multi six-figure operation before closing it in 2007. After taking the lessons learned from that experience, she launched her second company in January 2009. She is now the award-winning founder and CEO of one of the leading IT consulting companies in the country, and Tech Solutions, LLC. Over the past 11 years, under her leadership, Antech has grown into a multi-seven-figure consulting firm providing custom application development and other technology services to some of the top U.S. companies and organizations. They've implemented health plans responsible for managing over 56 million members across 25 states and consulted with small businesses in creating custom application solutions to meet their technology challenges. What makes this even more impressive is that she has done this with grit and hard work as a self-made businesswoman, womanpreneur, with no formal higher education or college degree. She also is proud to hold several certifications, Women's, women's Business Enterprise, Minority Business Enterprise, and Historically Underutilized Business Certifications. She sits on the executive board of CSTEM, an organization whose mission is to inspire the next generation of innovators and thought, thought leaders. Welcome to Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. Great, well, welcome to Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. I'm so thrilled to have you coming to us from Texas. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Donna. I have, um, have I been to Texas? I've been to Austin, that's it, for uh, my daughter. Yeah, that's not actually um, far from us. I am actually about two and a half, maybe three hours from Austin, beautiful place. Yeah, I went to a conference there once and I said I was, it was my first time in Texas and they said, you're not in Texas, you're in Austin. <laughs> So I, I don't know if that's really true, but um, I've been there a couple times now, and it was beautiful. Yeah, Austin is, um, Austin is a place in and of itself. I love visiting our, um, our state's capital. It's, it's amazing, actually. 
Yeah, we our favorite building in Austin was the library. It has one of the coolest libraries. My daughter was like, I could live here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. yeah. Yes, I've actually heard that sentiment before. <laughs> so, um, I know today we were going to talk about um, African American women in tech, women in tech, and you're a visionary leader in women in tech, and um, your story is so incredible because this is your second business, and second you've one, yeah. grown it to be this incredibly successful business. And one of the things that we talk about at Visionary Womenpreneurs is just the impact as womenpreneurs that we make when we go into business on our families, our communities, and the world. And you seem like you are leading the way with your company, so congratulations. Thank you, thank you. It's been an amazing journey, it really has been. I am very proud of where we are today, but I'm even prouder about where I see the business going and, and the impact that that does, that that does create. Definitely. And so, I mean, talk a little bit about your company and like how you got it started and what, what you all are doing. Because when I read your intro, it said that you're supporting 56 million uh, like that was just right. a huge number and i was like whoa so that's a a huge impact that you're having um so talk tell us a little bit about your company yeah yeah so the name of my business is antech solutions i am the um the proud single owner of the business and like i said it's just been this amazing journey my journey into entrepreneurship did not happen voluntarily. I'll say that it was it was very much an involuntary um, situation. I found myself so at, as you mentioned, this is my second business. So yeah. my journey into entrepreneurship started in 1998. I was a single, a young single mother at the time, and working on the job that I thought was it for me, right? I was excited about the job and it was, you know, it, it, it was just a really great thing. I was still in the tech space. So just being in that space was amazing in itself for me. But one day my supervisor came into the office and told me that they had decided to close the office. It literally devastated me. I, I was... I didn't have any savings. I'm, I'm a single, you know, um, young mother and I was living paycheck to paycheck. And to get served that news was literally devastating to me. And while I allowed myself to feel all of those emotions, I quickly had to come to myself and say, listen, listen, nobody will ever be able to put me in this position again. And that's literally how the journey towards entrepreneurship started. It didn't actually happen for me until nine months later. Yeah. But on that day, I decided that I was going to put into motion the plan that would allow me to set myself up for success in my future so that nobody else would be able to to have you know that impact on me to determine 
um, how I would generate revenue for my family and, you know, and all of that. So, so that was how it started. So, so very, um, not quite traditionally, and it wasn't, you know, oh, I've always dreamed of being an entrepreneur. Right. That, that, that wasn't necessarily my story. But I will tell you from that time, I have literally dedicated myself and my life into growing into where I find myself today with this, with this, you know, very successful by all, you know, intents and purposes, um, a very successful tech um, consulting and strategy company that is generating multi-million dollars in revenue every year, but is being able to create this impact, not only in the company and for the team of resources that I have working for me, but in my family and in my extended family and in my community and also the community of other entrepreneurs out there being able to put in front of young women and, and even those mature women that have been on this journey for quite some time, but to, to be able to stand in front of them as an image of what is possible, yeah. right? So it, it's, it's quite rewarding for me. Definitely, definitely. And I would think that your experience impacts how you operate your company and the values that you operate your company with. It, it definitely does. It definitely does. And it's, it's very intentional for me. It's very intentional for me to make sure that I am first and foremost a model yeah. um, in front of the, the, the young and old staff that, that I have because my team is very, my team is very diverse um, from a chronological perspective, but you know, also from from a you know a background perspective and, and all of that. So my team is very um, diverse, but it's important for me to be very intentional about the the core values of the business and and what that means because it it's my passion work, right? It, it's my passion work to be able to be you know a, a role model to some and and to be a mentor to some and, and a coach to some um, again just all around the the theme of what is possible right yeah I found that um, life experience really has an impact on how you operate and some for me in one of my jobs um, if I was doing that job now, I would do it differently because my life experience now as a parent would impact how my perception of my staff my, that were parents. And, um, you know, so I, I think it's really valuable to bring those experiences and operationalize them. So, you know, we all do that in our businesses. Yes, definitely. So your company is a technology company. And so what are some of the ways that your clients have used custom technology? Because you do custom technology. Um, I don't know if I even totally know what that means, but, <laughs> but yeah. how does that help them save time, money, resource? Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly what we do. We create technical solutions and and because we are very custom 
in what we provide. Our services has ranged, you know, the whole gamut. We have projects where we have clients that just want us to maybe automate some of the spreadsheets that they use every day, right? So we, we create solutions that would allow them to take a 12-step a process and roll it into one button that we've placed on their toolbar, right? So yeah. in, in those instances, we say we provide solutions that would make Microsoft Excel turn cartwheels, right? So, oh. <laughs> so, so right, it could be something as simple as that, which in, in all honesty doesn't you know, even end up being simple because we are literally taking your process and we are looking at everything that you're doing and we are creating automation around that. And, and we, love, we love the whole idea of a one button solution. Yeah. And we try to provide that for our clients. Let's see how much of this we can roll into one button that you click on and stuff just happens, right? So from that perspective, all the way to developing custom, you know, very custom um, websites or mobile applications for our clients, we've developed full-blown software programs for our clients because they haven't been able to find that tool on the shelves, right? Yeah. They, they've probably been using seven or eight different apps because one is really good here and two is really good here and three is really good there. But nothing that creates um, an opportunity for these applications to talk to each other and all of that. So we may have to develop um, a whole solution for them. Um, but we also provide those services that would allow those apps, if you choose to continue to use those different apps, how can we make them integrate and communicate with each other? Um, because we do a lot with reporting and data and making sure that folks can see that. So. And we've also worked a lot in the corporate space too. Um, and, and that's where that big impact comes, right? That 56 million that you right. talked about was, you know, was primarily because we work with Fortune 500 companies to create systems that allow them to manage their business. And our reach has been so great in that space um, that that's what it creates, this impact that would allow our clients to make this greater reach out there um, nationally and globally, quite honestly. Wow. So you're talking to somebody that last night spent hours just trying to figure out formulas in an Excel spreadsheet and get them yeah. to work correctly. And um, yeah, a button would have been so helpful. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and you know, I, I've seen it so much. And, and I think that, you know, as entrepreneurs and small businesses, we, you know, it, especially those that have been exposed to maybe corporate America or whatever, small businesses don't believe that they can afford the technological right. solutions that big companies do. And our vision is to make sure that we bring that same level of expertise and experience that we provide in corporate America, that we provide those types of services to entrepreneurs because as entrepreneurs and small businesses, we can be so much more successful if we were able to leverage the power of technology, right? And Definitely. to know that it's able, we provide services. Let's just take your challenge last night, for instance. We provide services that are one-off for our clients. So we could probably come in and, and with those hours that you kind of fussed and fought with those formulas, you know, we may be able to fix the issue in three, four hours and it would allow you to save 
hours if you look at it over the next several weeks and months and, and how that's going to look annually for you, right? So, so just bring that power down to the entrepreneur and the small business. Yeah, because we definitely all have those challenges of working with different software technologies that don't play nice together and then trying to figure out like how to get them to work together. And you, you can go down this technology rabbit hole of, and if you don't have the knowledge, like I have more knowledge than I ever imagined having, but mm -hmm. it's still very basic. It's, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's not in the, like, it's not in the code at all. Like that's just, you know, it's all on the surface and you're limited what you can actually do um, yeah. from where I am. But um, so that's great. So one thing I wanted to talk about was some of the ways that you've had to overcome barriers or, or stigmas as a minority and a woman coming into tech space, which is um, predominantly male, I would yep. think, and um, probably white male predominantly. So what are some of the things, things that you had to overcome? Yeah, and, and as you can imagine, there have been several, you know, over the years, right? I, I believe that my journey has been um, nothing, nothing short of just, you know, sheer amazement, really, when I sit back and look at it. Because this is a space, this tech space is a predominantly white male space. Yeah. And to be able to not only break through the doors as a woman, but also as an African-American woman, right? It has right. been, it has been quite the uphill battle, but I am proud to say that I stand in that space today. So I'll tell you a little bit about my journey. And then I'll tell you about this neat little meme that I saw the other day, right? I forgot where it was, but somewhere online on social media or something. Right. And it had, it, it was a cartoon and it had, it was like a, um, a, um, a track um, a track and field you know kind of thing so there yep. was this 100 yard dash and on the in the left lane there was um, an an elderly white male in a suit and he was you know down in the position to take off right and on his you know on his track there were just three little hurdles they were very far spaced out and there was a clear path to the finish line right yeah. And in the right lane, it was so funny because there was an African-American woman um, also in a suit and she was in position to take off. But her path had, I think it had some some um, bomb explosions. You know, it had some like grenades on it. It had it had hurdles with little spikes on it and it had little um, little craters and, you know, holes and all of that stuff. And the, and the idea was that, you know, the, the finish line is the finish line, right? Yeah. But some, the challenge of getting to the finish line is greater than others. And that, that one cartoon um, image really depicts my, my journey. So I grew up in Houston, Texas, in, um, in you know, inner city, um, the hood for all intents and purposes. I grew up in an area called Third Ward. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one of the reasons why I believe so strongly in the voice that I have today. I'll share this with you. 
um, especially in the state of where our country is and, you know, with all of the injustice and the, and the momentum that, that that is having right now. And it all, at least in current day, just for the past five, six months or whatever, it's all, you know, kind of been sparked by the George Floyd story. Well, George Floyd and I grew up in the same neighborhood. Wow. We walked the same streets. We went to the same schools from elementary all the way to high school. Yeah. Um, we, we shared the same teachers. I mean, just literally, um, we, we grew up together. He was a couple of years younger than I am, but we grew up together. And it, it was funny because our, our second grade teacher was actually on CNN talking about that. But I say that to say that, you know, no matter where you start from, your story and your journey can be so much different. Right. It takes dedication, yes. It takes hard work, you know, yes. And I really say that as an inspiration to those who feel like all they see in front of them is, is, is you know, the opposite of success or the opposite of opportunity or the opposite of chance. Yeah. But I will say that everything is possible, no matter what the start of your story looked like, we can all rewrite that story mm -hmm. for, every, for every challenge that's been placed in front of me, for every door that's been closed in my face, for every table that did not have a chair for me, for every, you know, for all of those situations, I was able to overcome those, but, and, and, and not only by my, my own personal sheer, you know, will or whatever, I am unapologetically a Christian and I truly believe in the power um, and the, and, and what having a relationship with God has meant in my life, right? So mm -hmm. I say that to say that all of these things have contributed to me being able to have the beginnings that I started with. Yeah. You know, to, to have a, a child early and out of wedlock and all of that stuff, have never been to college. And to be able to break into this tech space um, because I, because I've been very intentional and very strategic about the steps that I took and the leaps that I made over every hurdle that was placed in front of me. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the no college degree because, you know, we live in this world where our kids are told you have to go to college to succeed and, um, you have to have a college degree. And so you've done this without doing that. And um, so talk a little bit about that. You know, I think that there's other people in tech that have also done that. Um, mm -hmm. And um, it, I always think of the tipping point by Gladwell where he talks about that 10,000 hours, um, you know, and. I used to tell my kids about that, but um, 
you know, so I think that there's ways to move without that college degree, but we've kind of drummed it into everyone's heads that like you have to have it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I believe, I will say that, you know, I have, I have two amazing children now and my husband and I, you know, really instilled in our children, um, you know, the, the importance of education and things like that. We also, yeah. I mean, because I, I truly believe that, you know, part of my journey would have probably been a little easier, you know, probably with a college degree, but so, so, so from two different spectrums, I, I, I really encouraged my kids to excel academically, to make sure they went to college and both of them did, you know, they, they both got their undergrads, both of my children got their, you know, master's and MBA degrees. And, and now my son was just accepted into um, the PhD program at UGA. So, so while I believe in academia and all that it can do for you, if that happens to not be your path, that does not make you less than. So for all of those out there listening right now, if college did not end up being part of your life plan for whatever reason, right? For whatever reason, know that that does not mean that you can't be and do and have and see and experience everything that everybody else does, right? So, so the key, I believe, is making sure that you determine what your plan is going to be and you work that plan and you show up as the best version of yourself that you can at all times, right? So do not let the lack of a degree hinder you from taking that leap into entrepreneurship or scaling that business further and greater than where you are now, because you still, I believe that we are all equipped with everything that we need to yeah. make it. Definitely. We're just entering the college world. I have a daughter that's going to college in three weeks. Um, and my younger daughter, we're just doing, well, we were doing college tours. We're not doing college mm -hmm. tours right now, but, <laughs> but, um, but I agree. Like I told both of them, you don't have to go to college. Like you can go to college. Like that's a choice that you can make. But I also tell young people to apply for every college you're interested in, even if you think you can't afford it. Oh, yes. Because, like, you just don't know what that college has to offer to you, um, you know, and, like, so go for it. Go for that dream if that's the dream. Um, but, yeah, kids are getting so many messages about all the shoulds and, yes, you know, yes. And, and, and some of the, like, you can't, like, you'll never get in there. You know, it's just like, you won't if you don't apply. <laughs> That's right. I mean, and, and listen, what's the worst that they can say? All they can do is say no. And, exactly. and, and I just, I'll tell you, I'm a firm believer. I have gotten enough no's in my lifetime. I am a firm believer that, that no's are not the end of it. So, 
you know, so the worst they could say is no, but that doesn't mean that there's not a yes out there for you. And right. that no, probably a not now, you know, so, so not letting those no's. And, and once you, once you remove that fear, I, I call it the, the, the fear failure or whatever, but once you, once you remove that, then it allows you to go after whatever you want. Even if you ultimately don't end up getting it the way you thought you should get it, go after it, go after it. Because the worst anybody can say to you is no. And that's not even the worst. I mean, it, it's the least, yeah. it's the least they could say is no. Um, so, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a true believer in that. Go after it, go after it. If you, if you want it, go after it. Definitely, I agree. And I think as an entrepreneur, you had to have had faced some no's along the way, creating your company and, yeah. and persisted to, to keep that dream moving forward. Yeah, it, you know, it's part of my, part of the story of how I got started, right? So, so I talked about, you know, my manager coming in telling me that they were going to close the office. So while that was a very devastating point in my life, and this was in February of 1998, I realized that not only was I now going to be out of a job, but all of the clients that I was servicing in my role at that company, they were now going to be out of a service provider. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I, I took the list of all of those clients. And of course, my immediate responsibility was to go out and find another job. Right. But what I, did, what I did was I started calling all of the people on that list. And, you know, my conversation went a little like this. Hey, it's Myosia. Um, I'm sorry about what happened, you know, with them closing the office, but do you have any projects that you need help with, right? And literally, Donna, every one of them told me no. Every one of them told me no. But instead of taking that no as the ultimate rejection, my response was, would you mind if I gave you a call next month? Yeah. And some of them said yes, some of them said no. But I made those phone calls and the list kept getting smaller and smaller, as you can imagine, because some would say, no, don't call me next month. And some would say yes, but I made those phone calls from February until November. Wow. So, so sticking to it and yeah. not letting no be the end of your pursuit, right? So yeah. February, all the way to November. I started with a list of 63. And by November, the list was down to 16. But I kept making those phone calls. And in November, making those phone calls, I was halfway through my list. And the response was, as a matter of fact. So all of those no's, yeah. all of those no's I had been served for nine months. And then one of them said, as a matter of fact. And on those five words, literally, that's how I started my business. Yeah. Well, I think that's such a valuable lesson for people that you need to, as an entrepreneur, keep following up and stay front of mind because mm -hmm. people aren't, like you found, ready, necessarily ready to buy or, you know, uh, you know want your service at that moment. But then 
eight months later, whatever that turns out to be, um, when they do need the service, if you're not there, they're going to hire somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And it's in that follow-up and that consistency and that willingness to, to risk um, that you end up with a company that is successful. Yeah, yeah, I, I truly believe that. I truly believe that. Just sticking sticking with it, sticking with it. Um, and, you know, I, I, just feel, I just feel like being able to do that and being able to elevate your mind to think like that is what's going to help you be successful. So any other um, impactful pieces of advice that you would have for entrepreneurs that are just starting out or struggling to help them. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I have three really big ones, and two, two of which I've already alluded to, but, but one is definitely recognizing the opportunity in every situation, especially during times like these. We are, we oftentimes, especially as entrepreneurs, unfortunately, when you look at the data, there are so many small businesses that have not been able to sustain themselves throughout these, you know, throughout this pandemic, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, there are going to be some that are not going to be able to come out of this. Yeah. What we have to do is, number one, find the opportunity. Is business going to be different? For you now? Yes, it is. Yeah. Are your services going to have to be modified a little bit? Yes, they are. Will you have to, you know, push a little bit harder and work a little? Yes, you will. But look at the opportunity and go after that. So that's number one. Number two is being persistent. Like we just discussed, making sure that you continue to forge forward, even with the nose, even with the door shut, even with not having a seat at the table, all of those things, keep being persistent. If you believe in yourself and in the product or service that you are offering persistently and intentionally and strategically, keep forging forward. And then lastly, number three, is really just being resilient, knowing that we are going to have challenges as women definitely Definitely. Definitely. And, and if you have any other, any other societal stigmas to you or any other um, minority attributes to you, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, know that you have, we have to be resilient and resilience is what's going to win the race in spite of and despite of resilience will win the race. Stick to it, stick to it, and know that there is so much more out there for you. Definitely, I love all of those, those are great. And I wanted to make sure that we talk about where people can get in touch with you, which we'll yeah. of course have in the show notes, but what's the best place for people to find you? Um, two places actually, one is our website, and that is andtechllc.com. So andtechllc.com. And then we just started, Donna, 
Um, actually, I just started, with, as, as we've been going through this pandemic, we've just started a private Facebook community where we talk about, you know, leveraging the power of technology. So the name of the Facebook group is Business Empowerment Through Technology. The acronyms is BET. So I often, you know, I, I go live in the group every day and I share all of these tips. And I'm, I'm always saying, you bet, you bet. <laughs> Because you can truly be empowered by, and your business can be empowered through um, technology. So that's the Facebook group, Business Empowerment Through Technology. So those are the two places, um, the best places for folks to reach me. I'm also on the other social media platforms under my name. Instagram, it's Miss Myosia, and, um, and LinkedIn, it's Myosia Boykin Anderson. So I would love, I would love to just hear from you guys and engage with you guys out there. So I'm super excited about it. Definitely. Well, we'll include all of those links in the show notes for people and be sure to be in touch. And the Facebook group sounds incredible because we're all using technology and so many businesses in the pandemic are using technology more than they ever imagined and using new technology. Um, that they hadn't previously used. But part of what's really cool about technology is just how it can empower your business to shift and change um, with what's going on in the world and you know, become an online business or do more business online than you were before. So definitely, um, I'm definitely gonna check out your group. <laughs> I encourage you. others. I welcome you, yes to do that. I had one last question for you about um, balance, because you have this really successful company that sounds big, but how do you maintain balance as an entrepreneur and a woman and a mom and a partner, all the different hats that we wear? Yeah, yeah, because we do wear a lot. Oh my goodness. I'll tell you um, a couple of things. One, from a business perspective, I have truly, truly understood the value of team, right? Yeah. So I spend a lot of time investing in a team of resources that can, that can run the show even without me, mm, right? I love that. So, and, and I'm actually intentionally building a team to run the show without me. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to train them to take my job, right? So, but, but being able to build a team and that team, you know, I, I, speaking specifically to, to, to entrepreneurs out there in small businesses, that team doesn't have to be big, right? right? That team doesn't even have to be full time. Get the help that you need so yeah. that you're able to then go into these next steps that I talk about from a balanced perspective. So, so build the team, get the help that you need, right? So that's number one. Number two is that, as you know, I've been married now for 11 years. And number two for me is being very intentional and strategic about being present, mm -hmm. right? I, as an entrepreneur, we work all the time, right? I, I used to say I work, I work 25, eight, right? So yeah. we, we work all the time, but, and, and although, you know, my family and I, we've taken vacations and we vacation everywhere, but everywhere we go, I'm working, 
Right. And yeah. I had to realize that I had to stop and make sure that I was present in the moment. I was physically there, but I wasn't present. Yeah. So that's to making sure that you're present for the, the people that mean the most to you. And then thirdly, it may sound cliche-ish, but self-care is so important. So I make sure that I take time to, you know, have my, my tea breaks and really just stop and sit with myself. Um, I intentionally move from the city to the lake so that I can be around water, which calms me. Yeah. I, I can literally, um, with, with the power of technology, I can literally be outside on my dock on a conference call that can be super stressful and, you know, all of that stuff, but the water will calm me, which means that my responses to my team and my clients or anybody else on the other line, my responses are now a little bit softer and a little bit, you know, better because I'm able to care for myself and reduce that stress. Because after all, guys, success is nothing if we are not healthy enough and, um, and in the mind space to appreciate it and enjoy it, right? Right. So th those are my three tips from a balanced perspective. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Well, again, reach out to Moesha and be in touch with her. Join your Facebook group. Go to her website, antechllc.com. And thank you so much for being here. It's been a thrill to have you on Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. Thank you for having me. Have you picked up the Visionary Womenpreneurs Field Guide yet? It's filled with information to help you build a marketing system that becomes predictable and reliable for growing your business. Pick up the field guide today at visionarywomenpreneurs.com. Thanks for joining me today at Visionary Women Printers Radio. I hope it was helpful to you in your journey as a visionary woman printer. And I hope that you'll join our community on Facebook, Visionary Women Printers, and join the conversation. I look forward to seeing you on our next show. Make it a great day. <music>